You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So to stay up to date on all of the excitement surrounding, well, the NHL as well as the Tampa Bay Lightning, be sure to download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto-download button after you search Pucks and Bolts, and all brand new episodes will just be sitting there waiting for you. You'll even get some fun notifications. But also, within this good news, guys, you can stream Pucks and Bolts on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Share with friends, share with family, share with other hockey fans, because who doesn't want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and everything they have going on? Guys, I am your host, Casey Hudson, and it's time for us to get into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Now, last time we chit-chatted, We talked about the Bolts getting ready to head out on this extended, lengthy, possibly tiresome road trip. We know that once you get into the second chunk of the year, expectations change, trajectories change. And I will say this, the Lightning had a lot of home games on that first front. They will be on the road a lot more. So this first road trip is going to be very telling for the guys who kind of came off the road with a 9-9 and record last time we talked here on Pucks and Bolts. And Coach Cooper made it a point to say there's going to be a lot that has to be proven on this road trip. Uh, To get things going, though, we will say that Nick Perbix, after having a hell of a performance versus the Blues on Saturday, got a little banged up after taking a big hit towards the end of the game. He's listed as day-to-day, and he did not play yesterday versus the Seattle Kraken, which takes us into a quick little Kraken recap. Now, I would have loved to open this episode and say, Stammer hit 500, guys. It finally happened, but it has not happened yet. So if that's what you're anticipating to go down in this recap, I hate to disappoint you, but that's not it. On another healthy note, your girl's back on caffeine, and I'm so ready to dive into the magic. I have to say magic that the Bolts produced yesterday. Opening up, painting the picture of yesterday's game versus the Seattle Kraken. It was an early game, 4 o'clock over on the West Coast, and uh Coach Cooper said this first statement at the end of the game. We played, a, we played a pretty complete game, to be honest. Now, this is the fourth straight win for the Bolts. And starting off this road trip, the Bolts are 2-0 and with three games to go. I have to say, why did I point out that statement? Because I couldn't agree with Coach Cooper more. We've talked so much here on Pucks and Bolts about the Lightning coming out and having fast starts, letting up in the second, revving things back up in the third, or having a solid first period and a better second period and letting up in the third. And Coach Cooper said before they hit this road trip, third period has kind of been problematic for these guys. They haven't been able to close out. They haven't been able to come together and play a defensively sound game. And so for him to open up post game and say, we played a pretty complete game, I could not agree more. So first and foremost, the Bolts commanded the first period against an outstanding team. Seattle's been on a hot streak of eight wins. And they started to ramp up their offense. They're starting to really find what lines mesh together after doing a bit of their shuffling. And we saw 
when they came over to home ice that they had a pretty good game to piece together. It just seemed like there was still a disconnect and they were heavily relying on maybe one or two guys to get the job done. Health is now on their side. Chemistry is now on their side and it has showed in their record over the last two weeks. With that said, goaltending has started to, has started to step up tremendously. When the Seattle Kraken came down to Amelie Arena to face off with Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning almost made it look easy, but a lot of that came down to the guy between the pipes. Philip Grubauer started off in that game, ended up getting pulled for Jones to come in. And of course, as a goaltender, you're playing catch up on trying to get in your groove, get in your rhythm. So I think that was a lot of what played into the Bolts' first victory versus the Seattle Kraken. Now, heading into this game, the Bulls were six and nine heading into the first power play of the game. And with this game, it wasn't a hyperly penalized game. They only had collectively five power plays amongst both teams. And while special teams didn't really strike hot in either direction, it was great to not see a bunch of mistakes play out on the ice and this turn into a heavily special teams game. This was a hard fought battle of five on five. Uh, the Kraken also have one of the worst PKs in the league. So we were hoping that the Lightning were going to capitalize on those opportunities, but it was not necessary. Now, first kind of looking at this game, watching it in real time and then going back and watching the highlights, what stood out to me the most is the fact that Anthony Sorelli is going to be crucial for this team in the stretch. He opened up with a lot of good chances. His press was so impressive. And I have to say this, if you heard, have not heard me brag about Anthony Sorelli enough, Something that stuck out to me tremendously yesterday was the fact that Sorelli can play such tight coverage and not rack up all these penalties, not draw up all these penalties. You can really not get a, a dirty call on, on him at all, but he is irritating on these guys. I mean, he stays so close in, his stick is all over the place, but in the right ways and his timeliness and his vision of keeping the puck in sight so that he can maneuver off of his guy and get back in play is just brilliant to watch so that was something that stood out to me in that first period because it really came down to the guys between the pipes on both sides Vassy had a hell of a performance yesterday Philip Grubauer did start back between the pipes and had a solid 40 minutes uh that he really kind of made it tough for this Bolts team to rack up offensively as the first period started winding down and the Bolts were very much in control. As I mentioned earlier, they outshot the Kraken 15 to six, and they did so well at removing the neutral zone from the Seattle Kraken. It was as if they couldn't find a flow for a minute, but their forechecking is pretty solid, which is what kept them in this game. But as this, as the period winds down, you've got Corey Perry who gets puck possession and, and fights this hard fought battle against the boards, brings it in a pass to Ian Cole. Ian Cole rips a heavy slap shot and it's Bellamare that tips it in. And the funny part is that after the game, Bellamere's like, well, that's not, I'm not really that skilled player. I'm not really that guy. But it was the perfect distance from the slap shot to me to be able to maneuver my stick to have that tip in. But, you know, that's not my normal thing. That's not my go-to. But I will say this. Bellamere is underestimated in so many ways, guys, because Belly has such a strong and unique defensive element to his game. Watching him in the third period yesterday, there were so many moments where there was a there was a giveaway by the Seattle Kraken. And even though he wasn't the one initially with the puck possession, when the puck would go back to the Kraken, he was all over the ice, body on the ice, trying to create chances to get the puck back to his teammates. He can see the puck in such 
inopportune moments for the opposing team and still get it on the stick of his teammates, which I think is crucial, which plays a huge role as to where he sits on the line and how he helps that line. So Bellamere deserves so much credit. So while he thinks he's not that skilled guy to make those maneuvers and to have those kind of goals, the fact that he can do it says a lot about his game and says a lot about what he brings to this team. And don't underestimate Belly when it comes to his defensive efforts. Then you kind of move along to this scoreless second period. A player that stood out to me in this second period has to be Alex Kalorn. He's another guy that had a heck of a game because he's starting to fill his confidence. Not saying that Alex Kalorn isn't a confident player, but sometimes it takes him a minute to get his legs underneath him and to kind of sit in the element of who Alex Kalorn is and what he brings to this roster and his team. This is a guy that's played with most of the vets on the team for his entire career. And it says a lot because that's why they'll move him to certain lines and see how he can spark and generate an offense on that second line or sometimes even that third line. He's said some high praises about being on the same line with Steven Stamkos. Who wouldn't? But I think that when he does play with Stammer, it elevates his game to a whole nother extent. You're seeing more confidence. You're seeing less overthinking. Uh, you're seeing less tight holding of the stick that you were seeing probably the first month and a half of this season. So got to give a shout out to Killer for a hell of a second period. And then moving on to the third period, because as I said, second period remains scoreless. The third period is where the action really dialed up. Not too far in, you've got Nick Paul, who does it all, who finally gets the bolts to a two-goal lead. And what was so crucial about this goal is the fact that I have talked so much here on Pucks and Bolts. If you guys have heard me, discussions with Kaylee, discussions with other people, it's those third and fourth lines are crucial to be involved. You don't want to wear out your top two lines, even though they are your skilled lines. And this is a team that's always done well with kind of distributing, you know, they're making sure they're not exhausting their lines and distributing efforts as much as possible because they have the skill set. And in that, you've got Ross Colton, Nick Paul, and um, Pat Maroon, excuse me, guys, all on that same third line in that most recent Cooper shuffle. And I think that this has kind of been a dynamic changeup for these guys. Nick Paul, again, somebody who's such a plug, you can kind of put him anywhere, great two-way player. But then you've got Pat Maroon, who's got such a veteran presence. He brings of formidable physicality to the ice, but don't count him out because as a lefty shooter, he gets in some nice angles as well. And he started to pick up in the assist and score and call him ever since uh, they got back from their last Buffalo and Boston road trip. Then you have Ross Colton who has a heavy shot. Who's finally fi finding his stride on the ice. So I think they're starting to gel so well, all that to paint the picture of Maroon's forechecking, Maroon bringing such physicality to the Seattle Kraken, wearing them down against the boards, forcing mistakes almost. And then you've got this pass up and Nick Paul gets possession of the puck as it was Vince Dunn that overskated the puck. And he has this beautiful turnaround shot on goal right above the glove of Philip Grubauer. And it was a momentum swing for this team. Getting that level up goal, giving that extension kind of lets you know you're doing the right things at the right time, build and kind of like now dig your heels in. And I think that's exactly what the Lightning did. They used Nick Paul's goal as a momentous swing. They dug their heels in. Now, while we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning here on Pucks and Bolts, I'd be remiss to not mention Seattle Kraken players that, you know, also put up a hell of a game. You got Jamie Alexiak and then you've got Veneers that made it very difficult for this Bolts team to just kind of go off the hinge there. It could have been a huge second period for the Bolts if it wasn't for the outstanding forechecking efforts of the Seattle Kraken. And of course, you can't talk about the Kraken without talking about Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord put up so much effort in yesterday's game. But I think something that kind of 
is unfortunate, but also humorous to the great sport of hockey is that you get to go up against former teammates all the time. And Yanni Gord may know some tricks about Vasilevsky, but Vasilevsky also knows all of Yanni Gord's tricks. And so a lot of moments you just kind of saw two teammates that understood one another, were able to deny one another. And it was a great matchup to see, especially in that second period. Heading back to that third period, though, Nick Paul racks up his 16th goal of the season. Something you guys have to keep in mind is if you haven't taken the time to dive in and go look at Nick Paul's career, just look at what it means to be relentless after your goals and your dreams and to really hang in there, not know when the moment of takeoff will happen. Because when you look at what he had to do in the AHL, when you had to see the buildup and the trajectory that he was on, when you see what his big seasons used to be and then what he's doing now for the Tampa Bay Lightning ever since he got here last year. It's been tremendous. This is why Nick Paul is locked into the Tampa Bay Lightning for the next eight years. 